Welcome to 10-Minute Bible Talks, where we connect the Bible to your life and the time it takes to get to work. I'm Keith Simon. And I'm Patrick Miller. Also, if you want to connect with us, follow us on Twitter at TMBT Podcast. You can also check out our hashtag, hashtag AskTMBT, where you can ask us anything and we'd love to connect with you. What will be written on your tombstone? William Carey, he's the guy who began the modern missionary movement. And because of his pioneering work, the gospel reached hundreds of countries around the world. So let's ask the question, what did his tombstone say? Maybe it said pioneering missionary or evangelist to the ends of the earth, or maybe the man who made the Great Commission great again. Nope. It didn't say any of those things. <laughs> this is what William Carey's gravestone said. It said, A wretched, poor, and helpless worm, on thy kind arms I fall. That's what you expected, right? Uh, probably not. Uh, although it fit how Christians assessed themselves in this era. Just think about the lyrics of Amazing Grace, which say this, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost but now I'm found. T'was blind, but now I see. It's a classic song, but have you ever noticed how it has a dark view of humans and their sinful nature? According to the song, we're wretched, lost, and blind apart from Jesus. We are poor and helpless worms. Do you agree with William Carey? Do you agree with Amazing Grace? Are those sentiments right? Because the opposite seems to be being discussed a lot lately. I saw a tweet just yesterday from a popular Christian author who said this, You are enough. It made me think of Rachel Hollis's book, Girl, Wash Your Face. And she says something really similar in there. She says, You, and only you, are ultimately responsible for who you become and how happy you are. She goes on to explain how you are enough. You are glorious. You are perfectly suited to make your life something amazing. According to Rachel Hollis, the problem with your life isn't that you have problems. The problem with your life isn't that you're wretched and wormish. The problem with your life is that you're not being true to the glorious you on the inside. So who's right? Are humans ruins or are humans glories? Should you be true to yourself or should you be skeptical about yourself? Solomon's story should make us ask, Have we framed that entire question wrong? Do we really have to pick between humans are glories and humans are wretches? Is there a different option out there? In 1 Kings 5-6, to we read the story of the temple's construction. Now, if you're a Bible nerd, you can't help but go back to Exodus 35-39, to when the Israelites were constructing the tabernacle. But if you compare the construction of the temple to the construction of the tabernacle— Well, that comparison doesn't bode so well for Solomon. Let's look at some of the differences between these two stories. In the tabernacle, the Spirit of Yahweh empowers workers with wisdom and skill and craftsmanship. But in the temple, Solomon relies on the skill and craftsmanship of a pagan nation who worship idols. In the tabernacle, the Israelites give materials willingly to the tabernacle, and they serve willingly in its construction. But in the temple, Solomon conscripts workers into forced labor. We read this in 1 Kings 5.13. King Solomon conscripted laborers from all Israel. Let's just pause. If you don't know what that means, this is 
forced labor. This is slavery. So he conscripts, it says 30,000 men. He goes on, he sent them off to Lebanon, which is a different country, in shifts of 10,000 a month, so that they spent one month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adoniram was in charge of forced labor. Solomon is forcing free Israelites into labor, and he's sending them off to a pagan foreign country to go do their work. And apparently, if we read the rest of Kings, Adoniram, he wasn't a very kind taskmaster, because later on, the Israelite workers, they hate him so much that they rise up and they stone the guy to death. But don't you see that this highlights the biggest difference between the tabernacle and the temple? The Israelites were freed from forced labor during the Exodus in order to build the tabernacle. But in the era of the temple, the Israelites are enslaved by their own king to build the temple. Now, I know that it's easy to judge Solomon. Maybe you say, look, I've never done anything like that. But when we look at the construction of the temple, it tells us something profound about human nature. It says, look, even when we're building these big, glorious, amazing things, It's precisely in that moment that we are also wretched, blind, and lost. You might not have the power to enslave your peers, but how often do you use your peers for selfish gain? How often is your spouse there just to serve your interests? How often do you get angry at your kids for not doing what you want? How often are you frustrated with your coworkers, not because they've done anything wrong, but because they haven't agreed with your plan or served your goals? How often do you treat employees or interns like servants who exist to do your bidding? How often do you treat friends and roommates like servants who need to clean up after you and take care of your stuff? You see, you are just like Solomon. You are a selfish wretch. I'm a selfish wretch. If you can't see your own wretchedness, well, that's possibly the best sign out there that you're far more wretched than you could imagine so wretched that you can't even see it. And yet, I want you to know, there is also a glory in you. In chapter 6, we learn about the temple's dimensions and its physical appearance. And again, if you're reading it, you can't help but compare it to the tabernacle, and the comparisons are numerous. But this time, the comparisons are positive. The temple really has been designed the way that the tabernacle was. It's designed to be a suitable house for Yahweh. The temple has the exact same proportions as the tabernacle. The temple's designed to look like a garden, just like the tabernacle. A veil protects the holiest place from everybody else in the temple. And that's exactly the way it was in the tabernacle. The temple is built using the finest materials and and wood and stone to show that Yahweh is glorious and set apart. And in the exact same way, the tabernacle was built out of fine materials to show that Yahweh was glorious and set apart. And I'm saying this because you have to understand the temple really was glorious. And Yahweh, he really does choose to dwell in it, despite all the problems that we've talked about. And so the temple points us towards the glory of humanity. You see, Solomon, he follows God's instructions and he ends up making something worth making. And the same thing is true of your life. You are not glorious when you follow your personal designs for your life, but you are glorious when you follow God's design for your life. Solomon's story shows you that humans are both glorious and wretched. You are glorious when you live with the grain of God's design, and you are wretched when you disavow it. Here's the good news. God chose to dwell in Solomon's temple, even though it was both glorious and wretched. And in the end, 
That's what gave the temple its deepest, truest, most beautiful meaning. You see, so maybe it's no surprise that the Apostle Paul calls you and me and the entire body of Jesus, the church, a temple. You see, we are the place where God is present, and there's an amazing glory in that. According to Paul, that amazing, glorious presence of God in us, it should make us turn away from our most wretched behavior. So what will your tombstone say? How about this? A wretch without God and a glory through his grace. A worm without Jesus' design and a wonder through his guidance. Where do you need to confess your own ruin, your own wretchedness? Do it right now, knowing that you not only receive God's forgiveness, but also his spiritual presence, the presence that transforms you from a wretch into a glory. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us a rating. That helps other people find this podcast more easily. Also, ask yourself, who could you share this podcast with? Texting an episode to a friend or a family member is a great way to help them grow spiritually. If you want to go deeper, check out our show notes for book recommendations.